So, the spirit of sonship, I want to talk about that. Because I believe that as we grow into sons, and of course we are children of God, everyone's a child of God, and the seed of sonship is within us. Everyone's got the seed of sonship. But of course, you have to grow into a son. You grow into a son. Because you can, you can stay a child all your life. There's many adults that are 60, 70, 80 years old who are still children. In the wrong way, I mean. Because they didn't actually learn in the right way. Um, so, of course, even though we can be older, we can still be children and behave like children in the wrong way. Uh, of course, we've got to be childlike in the right way. <laughs> Uh, but we don't want to be children all our lives. We want to be sons. And of course, Jesus, as the Son of God, carried the Spirit of God. So when you walk in sonship, you walk in the Spirit. And of course, there is a huge, huge challenge in the church today. And that is that it looks like it's grown up. And it looks like it's mature because we have all the mod cons, we have all the things that we need, but sadly, it's still very childish. It's still very carnal. So when you become a son, you are moved by the Holy Spirit. So you are a spiritual person being moved by the Spirit of God. And of course, the lack that we have in the church today is that the Spirit of God, although He is here and available all the time, He's not often released. And we don't often move. We, I'm, I'm not talking about us, but I'm talking about generally the church. We don't often move as a church in the Spirit. So of course, on the one hand, we look as though we've got everything, but in many ways, we're deficit of who we really need. And that is the Spirit of God. We're desperate for the Spirit of God. And of course, when we have moments like we did this morning, you, you realize that you can actually worship 24-7. You really could do that. You really can do that because that is going on all the time in heaven. But of course, when we come together, it's not only about worship. We know that. We know that the Word comes... And he speaks to us to equip us and ready us. And he, he speaks to us individually. So this morning, hopefully, he'll speak to us individually. But he also speaks to us corporately. So, of course, we can't continue in worship for hours and hours. But we have to become those who immediately can tell when, when the Holy Spirit is moving powerfully. Do you understand me? And we have to be able to draw on that. You have to be able to allow yourself to move out, but also draw on him moving in you. So we have to learn these things. And I believe that we're going to learn them even more. I mean, we, 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 we are very blessed because we believe that God often visits us, and he does, doesn't he? And of course, when I say this, he's visiting all the time because he lives in us. He's here. But whether he in you is released, that's another matter. Do you understand me? He is here. There's no doubt that he lives inside you by his spirit. But whether he's released by you to live out of you, that is a completely different thing. And of course, what happens is that when we come together, some people have learned how to release him from the inside, get over the selves, give the selves up. That's what we're doing. We give ourselves up. When we submit to God, we give ourselves up. I'm going to talk about it this morning. But that's what we do. We give ourselves up to him. And that means that actually he can move out of us. And begin, his presence begins to move amongst us in a much greater way. That's what happens. And it's beautiful when many people have learned to release that presence from within them, outside them. Amen? Because Jesus said, streams of living water will flow from within you. 
Didn't he? That's what he said, didn't he? Okay, good. Um, so, anyway, we're going to talk about the spirit of sonship. And I just want to start in Genesis 1 and verse 11. Do you think you can follow me, Josh, with this? I'm sure you can. You're a, he's very good back there, isn't he? Does a great job. Um, this is what we've said. So I'm going to repeat a few things that we've said, not only last year, but through the years, um, that I think are really important. Then God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth. And it was so. And we said this, that seed contains invisible instruction. So, so we can't see it, but inside that seed is invisible instruction. Every seed then has explosive potential. Every seed has explosive potential. Every seed holds the key to reproduction, eliminating the possibility of extinction. Do you understand me? Inside the seed. And of course, the future of that seed is perpetuated by the integrity of the seed. So its future continues because of the integrity of the seed. And the seed has life within itself. So, when you were born again, of course the seed, the word of God, was planted within you, and that seed, in fact, it's actually, even before you were born again, the seed was within you, because the invisible DNA of God was put in you before the foundation of the world. So it was always there. It's in everybody. But of course, when the word of God comes and the spirit's about, it ignites that seed and the seed can have life. So when you receive the word of God, the seed inside you that was already there exploded and you went, ooh, what's happened? I'm born again. That's, that's really what happened. So, of course, the life for the seed to really grow, we know this because Jesus taught it in many parables, is that the conditions for the seed to grow are up to you. There's the soil. There's the watering. There's the, the nurturing. That's all... You going, I understand that the seed within me and this seed that's been planted by God, and we've talked about it in terms of a, what do you call this thing? I always forget the name of this thing on a computer. What, you, you know the stick, the stick thing? The what? The memory stick, yeah, the USB stick. I mean, it's an amazing thing, isn't it? You plug it in and suddenly you can see things that weren't there. Where were they? They were on this little USB stick. And people think it's hard that the Virgin Mary conceived Jesus. Now, just think about it. We actually, people actually go, well, how, how could God do such a thing? Well, hang on a minute. You stick a USB stick in your computer, and what wasn't there suddenly appears. Huh? How is it so difficult for people to understand that God could do that so easily? So, so we know that this seed has life in itself, but of course the conditions around it have to be right in order for the seed to grow properly. Um, and of course these are all pictures that are good pictures, but the, the bad because we're trying to talk about invisible things that God does in a natural way with spiritual meaning. So I'm trying to do my best with a natural picture of what God is doing spiritually and invisibly. But the seed, the seed of sonship is already inside you, okay? Because that's why you're a child of God. But actually, the seed of sonship, one of the things that I've realized about this seed is that submission, and I'm going to talk about this word, 
because it's one of the words that the church hates to use. In fact, I have read books recently where the, book, where the word submission has been taken out of the book because the word submission is too difficult for people to swallow. But that's because they don't understand the light of the word and where it actually comes from and the context in which it is used. Because once you understand it, it's not a difficult word at all. It's, it's a beautiful word. But I've understood that the, the, the seed of sonship, somehow the criteria for its growth has got something to do with submission. Because all the people who flourish and who are fruitful and who, who, who really begin to show forth fruit, all of those people have one common denominator in them, and that is that they are submitted. Honestly. It's the one thing that I've seen across the board with every, everyone that's fruitful. I remember someone getting in touch with me, someone that you all know. It's not Derek, but it's a, a, another, another man of God who travels all over the world and he looks after over 2,000 churches, if that is possible. And I am in contact with him quite regularly. And one year he wrote to me and he said, Paul, he said, the most important thing is not the amount of churches. It's the fruit that only the sons bring forth. He said, it doesn't matter how many churches you have. In the end, it's only the fruit of the sons that brings forth life. thought it was an incredible thing that he put in the middle of that, that letter. So we know this, every natural thing speaks of a spiritual truth. So in 1 Corinthians 15 and 46 it says, however, the spiritual is not first but the natural and afterwards the spiritual. So there's natural things around us all the time that are speaking of spiritual things. It's a beautiful thing, isn't it? God is continually trying to communicate with us. Wanting to communicate. And I've been, I've been thinking that about the integrity of life and ministry. Um, we have to keep the integrity of it. Because there's so many innovations. And, and, and listen, it's beautiful. There's technical innovations. There's all sorts of new creations. It's going faster and faster. We are living in an accelerated time. We really are. Everything's going faster and faster. I believe that this year we are going to see, I don't even know if I should say it, but I believe that we're going to see a whole new monetary system in the world. I really do. I think everything is going to change this year. And you can storm me later if I haven't happened. No, you can't. Be good to me. But I think there's some things that are going to be so fast that they're going to take us by surprise. Even those of us who think that we live on the edge of what is going on in the world, it's going to take us by surprise. There's things being hatched even now that we cannot even think of. I am sure. And of course, in amongst all of this, people want to be, they want to be cool and they want to be trendy and they want to be up to date and we want to be on the cutting edge and all that kind of stuff, don't we? There's a pressure for it today. Massive pressure. Our kids live under this pressure all the time. It's massive, this pressure. You realise social media, it's huge, man. And, and we, I know we say yes, but we don't, really, we don't really understand the half of it. It is huge, this pressure that people are under. But of course, in amongst all that, we have to think, Lord, how are you doing things? How is it that you want to do things? How, how do you change a world? How do you transform a world What's the way that you do it? And believe me, it's not in a service. It's not. Although services and meetings are wonderful and can help, and we can be changed in a service, but it's, it's, it's more than that, isn't it? We know that. As I spent time, in fact, I was with Derek just the other day in London, and we have time together. It just goes, it just seems to go so quickly. Four or five hours just went in a blink. And we were just observing, not reminiscing, but we were observing that something in the church is amiss because 
We remember and we know times where God moved. And of course, God moves in new ways and things all the time. But there really is a dirge of spiritual life, spirit life in the church. And we have to begin to want to draw. Like, like, like the nun, it was just so beautiful. There were lots of poignant moments in Call a Midwife last night. It's hard just not to cry through the whole thing, isn't it? But there were lots of poignant moments. But, you know, this, this is an old girl who seems to be slightly on the edge of dementia or something. And yet, she knows Jesus. And she wants to know him even more. And it's, it's just beautiful. And, and just the whole aspect of her, she, she, she didn't care what she did to get to him, to know him more. And of course, he is inside us. So it's not a matter of us getting to him because he's already got to us. But it's a moment of us doing something, an action that, will help us to find his life inside us. And that's what we're going to talk about. Um, but the spirit of sonship, just like I said about the seed, it has the same concepts. Do you understand me? Just as I said about an invisible instruction inside every seed, well, the spirit of sonship in you has got the same concept. But there's certain things that are just right to make it right for you to grow as a son. And everyone wants to be a son, don't they? And you know that, that, that illustration that I, I told you. Of course, Joshua, my Joshua, and Dan, it's the biggest illustration that I can take. But my, my son, Joshua, and his friend, Daniel Spencer, who some of you know, and Nathan, uh, used to sit in the garden playing with matches and burning things and all sorts of stuff, <laughs> didn't you? Really. And, you know, they were, just, they were just boys, being boys. And, it, you know, Joshua had a love of matches and fire, pyromaniac, <laughs> uh, until he was, I don't know, he's probably still guy, I don't know. But I, 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 remember, I remember sitting with him in the cockpit of a plane one day and being flown out on a plane that was probably 135 million pounds worth of plane and he is actually flying us out of the airport, and I'm sat there, and I was just sat there crying. And I realized, this is when I realized, that my child was no longer a child. He was a son, and he'd grown up. And I was actually putting my life in his hands. Thankfully for everybody else. <laughs> they were putting their lives in my hands. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> But do you understand me? At that moment, I understood that sonship is different to being a child. So, the Son of God, the Father by the Holy Spirit, conceived his own seed in a virgin, in whom was invisible instruction and a design that God had laid down before the world began. We're talking about Jesus, right? This was laid into him before he ever arrived, but it was revealed to him by the Spirit as he traveled and agonized before the Father. Listen to what I'm saying. He was on a journey. He did not come out of the womb knowing who he was. He came out of the womb knowing very little other than that he was born as a child in the earth. As he journeyed, he agonized. It says this. Uh, can you put this up? I think I've got it. Hebrews Chapter 5 and verse 5 to 8. He traveled and he agonized before the Father. And as he communed and walked with him obediently, he learned more and more about himself. You understand me? So, so also Christ, yeah, go on, put it up again. Sorry, did it disappear? So also Christ did not glorify himself to become high priest, but it was he who said to him, you are my son today, I have begotten you. 
As he also says in another place, you were a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplication with vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly fear, though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. So Jesus actually learned to be obedient through on the journey. Do you understand that everything that he was learning... He was becoming more and more conscious of the person that he was. And he was finding out as he was praying, as he was crying, as he was going through difficult things, as he was on the journey, he was agonizing and travailing to find himself. Well, that's what you've got to do. You've got to find yourself in him. There's no easy ways for this. There's no easy ways. You've got to find yourself. I was watching something else the other day that was profound in the way that it spoke about this as well. On the TV, profound. Might come to me. By the time that he he was 30 years old, he knew some things, didn't he? We know this. We've said it before. He knew who he was. He knew where he'd come from. He knew who his father was. He knew what he was going to do. He knew how he was going to do it. Now, just think about that. Jesus knew how he was going to get the job done. This. This is what he knew. He knew all of these things. And he knew them with certainty. And somehow, if we're going to become sons to the king, we've got to know some things with certainty. You've got to know it. Because if you don't know it, when what is going to happen happens you will find yourself panicked. You will find yourself fear, in fear, running and hiding because everything around you is shaking you. Do you understand me? That's what happens when tsunamis hit, when earthquakes happen, when things happen around us, even things in our own families. If we have no interior self, if we have no firm foundation, then actually we get shaken. And God says, in the last days, I'm going to shake everything that can be shaken so that only the kingdom remains. So this means that you have got to allow God to make you into the person that you really are. You've got to find yourself. You've got to travail and find out the person that you really are. And this this is very uncomfortable, finding out who you are. Because you have to be honest about everything that you do and think. We don't want to go there. Most people don't want to go there. Listen to me. Everything that you do and think, you have to find out about it. You have to examine it in the light of God. So this is not condemnation. We're not talking about condemnation. We're not talking about feeling bad about things. No. Although you will have a moment when, you've, when you are faced with yourself, when you're faced with yourself, and you go, this is really me, Lord. And that's what you've got to do. This is really the person that I am, Lord. This is me. And I'm giving myself up to you. Giving myself up, okay? A lot of people don't like submission because they think it's a negative word. But it's not. Now listen. Eventually, so this is Jesus, his mind became conscious of who he really was. His mind was formed and molded in the ways of the Father. Eventually, the Son would reproduce the express image of the Father by the Spirit. The express image of the Father by the Spirit. And he would in turn bring many sons to birth. He would bring many sons to birth. That was his mission. You understand me? God looks at all the world and he goes, these are my kids. They don't belong to the devil. No kids belong to the devil. The devil is not, he cannot create anything that looks like human. He cannot do it. Kids everywhere belong to God. The gods, every single one of them, even the ones that you don't like, they all belong to God. And God went, these are my kids And son, I want them to look like you. So your mission is to go to earth and to show them who I am, how much I love them, how much I give to them all the time, and then to reproduce in like manner the person that you are. That's why Jesus came to the earth. 
Nothing less than that. Jesus didn't only come for salvation's sake. He came to make you into the image of himself. That's pretty neat, isn't it? I mean, listen to this. Romans 8, can you whip this one up? You see, this is what everyone really wants to hear. This is what everybody really wants to hear in these days. This is what your spirit yearns for, I'm telling you. Listen to this. Romans 8 and verse 19. Can you put this up? For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. Right, okay, now, can I just say, as we go into 2020, stop talking about the bad things. Let's, let's, let's stop talking about all the bad things that are going on. Let's start being a little bit more positive. Because Jesus, I said this to the Lord the other day, I said, Jesus, you must be depressed. It must depress you to listen to your kids saying all the time that everything is going downhill. Jesus died for the glorious liberation of creation. This creation. No, this one. Hang on a minute. Don't just sell it off. Don't just go, well, it's going to hell. No, it's not. God gave us this place as a gift. He went, this is your bedroom. This is your lounge. This is your living room. This is the place that I give you. Isn't it beautiful, kids? And we all went, yes, it's beautiful. And then destroyed it. But God's not destroying anything. God is reconciling all things. God is restoring all things. God is rebuilding all things. God is doing re's on everything. Isn't it? No, it's beautiful though, isn't it? Do you understand me? You cannot, you cannot write on Facebook one thing and then say that you believe another thing. You've got to stop it. You either believe this or you don't believe it. We're either going down or we're going up. What are we doing? Up, 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 up. Okay. So, listen, it says, because the creation itself will also be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the sons of God. Who are the sons of God? You are the sons of God. And of course, what happens, what happens with Christian people is they go, oh yeah, but what about all the prophecies? Oh yeah, what about all these things? What about all these things that people have said for years and years? What about them? What about all those things that Isaiah said? Yes, they all came true because everyone believed them. Huh? Everyone just carried on doing the same old thing and it did go down. But all the time he's going, hey up, there's a different place we can live. There's a different place. And once he comes, everything's going to be new. When Jesus said, right now is the time of newness. Now, when Jesus touched the earth, he went, whoa, this is the time of newness. Why? Because he was carrying the kingdom. He was the biggest kingdom carrier ever. Now listen, this is the mystery. This is the beautiful thing. This is what Jesus knew. The upstairs, it's like this. You see, it's not like this because he doesn't have to die upstairs. Because the very essence and nature of God is this. You understand me? God's going, how can I show them what I'm like? How do I do it? And they came up with a plan and went, you know what, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, this is, this is how you're going to do it. You're going to put a cross in the middle of the earth and go, this is like the nature of God in terms of him giving his life. Not in terms of punishment. Not in terms of penalties. But in terms of the nature of God. This is its essence. In heaven, he's giving all the time. This is how he is. He's giving all the time. Do you understand me? They don't need the cross in heaven. But we needed it on earth. The very essence of heaven is selflessness. It's, listen to this, it's the giving up of oneself for another. No one knows anything else up there. Everybody who is up there knows that very fact, that they are giving their life for another. Do you understand me? Submission, what is submission? Okay, let's say it like this. The father had a mission. The father said to the son, son, I want you to go downstairs, take what's upstairs, downstairs. I want you to bring it all down. I want them to show, I want you to show them who I really am. And then 
I want them all to know that they're my kids, but they can grow into my sons. And girls, you are sons as well because you're the firstborn, because you have the inheritance, just like I do. You have everything that I've got. There's no difference between us. We're completely equal. God gives you everything just like he gives me everything. We are completely equal in the sight of God. You have everything. huh? So you can be the person you are in him. Amen? In him, it'll work. Any other way, it won't. All right? Any other way, it won't work. In him, it'll work. So anyway, the mission from the Father was go down. And Jesus went, okay, I am going to be in submission to you. My mission is under you. You have got this mission. This is my submission. I am in the same mission, but I am under you, and I am going to trust you and give my life up for you and for them. What's he doing? He's giving his life up. Isn't that a beautiful way to think about submission? You're giving your life up for someone else. Who are we giving? Who are we submitted to? We submitted to God. We give our life up to God. And as we give our life up to Him, we lose our life. Do you understand me? Because there's some things in us that if we carry on doing them, it'll kill us. But as we give our lives up to God, Something happens with the other part of us. Because God has a program that deals with all the bits that are not good. But as we give our lives up to him and up for one another, then the seed of sonship begins to open. You understand me? Listen, let's go to Ephesians 5. You'll love love this. Ephesians 5. And verse, is it? I didn't put the verse there. Thanks. Let's have a look. Ephesians 5 and verse 22, okay? And we're going to read a few verses from there. Can you put them up to... Verse, uh, verse 33, you can put me to verse 33. Okay. So, Paul is talking about understanding what the Lord's will is in this chapter. And he says, for us not to be unwise, but to understand his will. And then this is what he says in verse 22. It says, wives... Submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Okay, let's move on quickly. <laughs> no, but because this, this, this verse has been used, you see. I do understand. I do understand where, where that uprising comes from. Do you understand me? I understand it. Because this has been used badly against, against a lot of beautiful women all over the world in lots of different places. But anyway... Submitting to one, so, wives submit to your own husbands, as to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the saviour of the body. Let's quickly go over these. Therefore, just as the church is subjected to Christ, so let the wives be in the, to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. All right, well, there you go. And then it says that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. Can I tell you how intimate that is? No, I can't, because you're not ready, are you, to hear that? <laughs> this is very intimate. I want to tell you. If, you. if you ever read the Songs of Solomon's, if you haven't, just read it again. My Lord. Beautiful. That he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having any spot or wrinkle or any such thing, or that, uh, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For, me- for we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. 
Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Wow. It's a lot of words, isn't it? It's a lot of words. And I, I think that Paul was trying to make it easy. You know, a lot of people say that Paul was a chauvinistic male pig, but he wasn't. He understood far too much to, to say... You see, the whole context of it is this, that actually a man gives up his life for his wife, just as Christ gave up... Now, can, can we just say it again? So what I just said, Jesus was submitting to the Father. He was giving his life up to the Father in order to give his life, lay his life down for us. That's what he was doing. He's giving his life up in order to lay down his life for us. Well, Paul goes, actually, the context of submission is in the light of what Jesus did for the church. So submission is, can only be in the context of the light of God, the light and the love of Jesus. You understand me? Submission, you cannot use submission against someone unless you are living in that way. Do you, do you get what I'm, You can't use submission on anyone unless you live in this way. And that's been the problem, you see. People want to teach it and preach it, but they don't actually live it. So therefore, when it comes out, it comes out all wrong. And people sit there and go, that's it. That's what they've got to do. They've got to do this and that and the other thing for me because that's what it says. That's legalism. That cuts, doesn't it? That amputates. That takes off. That, that's awful. That is what has happened in the years gone by. But I'm telling you, we're waving goodbye all that. It's all going because it cannot stand anymore. You understand me? If anyone's going to submit to anyone, it's because the person is giving up their life. Yes. You see, that, that's what it is, isn't it? Yes. When someone, surely when someone gives up the life for you, you will willingly give up your life for them. Yes. Don't, don't, that, don't that make sense? When someone gives their life for you, wouldn't you want to give your life for them? I think, I, I think I'm right in saying this, but oftentimes... That people at rescue, Nigel will be able to tell, me, tell if this is true, but I think I've read it somewhere that people who rescue people from flames of fire, from disasters, they are actually going in and giving up their life for the person that they are saving. A lot of the time, there is a DNA at that point, there's something connects at that point, and, and, and there can be something that happens because the person who is about to die realizes that someone just gave their life for me. Is there, is there a word for that? There is something like that, isn't there? Something that happens at that point. No. Um, but do, is it, would, would that be true? Yeah. Okay. And it is because I, I have read it numerous times about on, on those stories that I've read. That actually when you give your life for someone, they will willingly give the life for you. Unless they're stubborn or rebellious. So, Submission is giving yourself up for another. That's what it is. And when you think about it in those terms, it's much easier. Submission is giving yourself up to the Lord. It's giving yourself up for another. Do you understand me? You're giving yourself up. And as you give yourself up, God gives you his life. That's, that's the reward of it. Do you understand me? As you give yourself up, the other things die away. Because the other things are all surrounded in selfishness. Let me tell you this. Everything else is surrounded in selfishness. When you give yourself up, selfishness dies. Yes. When selfishness dies, all the other problems are a death blow. That's what happens when you give yourself up for someone, for something, for another person. Everything else is dealt a death blow and is put to death. You see, we're, 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 we're trying all sorts of things to try and be like Jesus, but there is no other way than this. Because the principle of life coming from death is what the kingdom is made of. It's the very essence of the kingdom. It's the molecules of the kingdom. It's the atoms and the DNA of the kingdom. That's what it's made of. 
That's why it's so difficult, so challenging to see the power of God on the earth because everyone thinks it's a program. It's like someone's going to lay hands on me. Someone's going to give me a key that's just going to release it all. I'm telling you, the only key is give yourself up, give yourself away, and, and, and give a death blow to everything else that lives in selfishness. Huh? <clears throat> you see, I mean, it's amazing what Paul says here. He says, in verse 21, he says, submitting to one another in the fear of God. So already he said we're meant to be submitting to one another. We're meant to be giving ourselves up for one another. Then he says, wives submit to your own husbands. Well, if we're all giving ourselves up for one another anyway, wives submitting to your husbands shouldn't be a problem. And then he says, now listen, the whole of submission is in the framework of Jesus giving his life for the ones that he loves. That's the only way that you can understand submission, and it's the only way that it's going to work. Anything else won't work. Just won't. So, the seed of sonship actually begins to flourish through submission. It's when someone gives the life up to another. And of course, they're giving the life up to Jesus, but they're actually giving the life up to someone else here as well. For someone else here. When that happens, something inside begins to grow in a phenomenal new way. And this is what I've seen over the years. Anyone that refuses to do that, anyone that goes, I am not doing that, you know what? Well, everyone's still a child of God, it's fine. They just never grow up into a son. That's the sadness of it. And whilst everybody's looking around for programs and theories and all sorts of things, reading the latest books and all that kind of stuff, still, this is not preached in the church because everyone's afraid to preach it. Because now we don't listen to things like this. Do you understand me? It's slowly getting tech now. But I'm telling you, not in this household. huh? Not in this household. Because in the end, sons are going to do exploits for God. They're going to know the spirit of God. Deep calls unto deep. You know it, and you see the, prob- the, the challenge for everyone in here is that you all know this. Instinctively you know it. You understand me? It's not like you can get away. It's like you'd like to get up and run away, just like I would from time to time. I'd love to run away and not bother about it, but actually I know that as soon as this principle comes in, what happens? This is not, this is not like, oh, I'm dying, I'm dying. No, I'm giving up my life, and as I give up my life, God gives his life for me. God gives his life to me. So it happens immediately. Do you understand me? It's not like I'm going around like some kind of ma. No, I'm not going around a ma. I understand that in this dying comes life. It's a beautiful thing. Beautiful thing, isn't it? So, I, 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 was, I was struck by this, this just recently. Luke 22, can you put that up? 49 to 51. And John 18, 10 to 11. I don't know if you can put them up both at the same time. We'll take one at a time, okay. I think we're coming into a new new season where we really are going to know our identity, where you are going to know your identity in a different way. Do you understand me? You're you're not just only going to know it, you're going to feel it. You're going to feel it deep inside yourself. That you know why you're here. You know who your father is. You know what you're meant to be doing. You know how you're going to do it. And you know where you're going. Huh? This year is going to be a special year somehow. And the Spirit of God's going to pull on you. And you're going to feel it. It's going to be like fountains for some of you. Some of you are going to explode, man. I'm just saying it. Some of you are not going to know what hit you. You're going to explode. You're not going to be able to stop yourself. You're going to tell yourself, no, I'm going to be quiet this morning. I'm just going to be reverent. No, honestly, this is what I tell myself every Sunday. You're going, to, you're going to be quiet and reverent, Paul. You're going to sit down and mind your own business. I tell myself this every Sunday, and then suddenly there's an explosion inside me. 
and a song comes or something new happens or I begin to think of a phrase and I think, oh, that's God, God wanting to say something. Come on, kids, you've got it in you. You've got it. You've got this. It's inside you. Now you have to release it. So it says, when those around him saw that what was going to happen, they said to him, Lord, shall we strike with the sword? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear. Have you ever thought about these verses? I mean, man. But Jesus answered and said, permit even this. And he touched his ear and healed him. All right, a little bit more of this story. What did I say it was? John 18, 10 to 11. Can you put that up? So, so the, you remember, this is as Jesus is going towards death. You remember this? And then it says there, then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant. So this is the same thing, just told in a different way. And cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. So Jesus said to Peter, put your sword into the sheath. Shall I not drink the cup which my father has given me? So we find out this is Simon Peter. I feel for Simon Peter. You know, you know one of the concepts that Simon Peter could not get? He could not grasp the concept that life comes from death. He just couldn't do it. Of course, when, when Simon Peter thought about life coming from death, he was thinking, okay, I'm going to die, and then at some point I'm going to be risen up. And he, he was thinking, like, there's this break. There's death and then there's life. But let me tell you, that'll never, ever happen again. You will not die. You will shock yourself because you'll be alive. No, you're not going to die. You've died. That's it for you. You're going to be alive. You're not going to die. Tell someone outside of you, you're never going to die. You're never going to die. Never. You're going to have a rest. You might have a rest. I don't know. You might have a bathe. You might have a bathe. I don't know. You might have a bath somewhere. You might have a few baths. You might just find yourself in lots of different streams of living water in, in the heavenly places, wherever they are. I don't know. But listen, you're not going to die because you've already died. You died in Jesus and you're alive now and you're going to carry on being alive. Oh yeah, but everything's going to change. Oh, well, is it? Oh, I'm not so sure about that. You've got a new heart. You've got a new spirit. You've got a Holy Ghost inside you. He's, try he's trying to do something with your noggin. He's trying to prepare you for the, for the time to come. I don't know how much is going to change, do you? I don't know. I only know there's going to be more liberation, more freedom. You're going to, don't, don't, don't you ever, I watched that film the other day, Limitless. Oh, it's great. I tell you, this is my pill. Right here, he takes a pill and he's, it's limitless. He's, the potential in his brain just explodes, man. And he can speak all these different languages and, and snuck a nose, or can snuck it under a, a, a sprook, or champahali, hello. Snuck it till all of them in the Noskavena. <laughs> I'm just, uh, just, uh, just talking Norwegian, you didn't understand any of it. Just plugging into a little bit more potential there. <laughs> no, but you, you understand me that there's, we use 10% of this. I mean, what about the other 90%? When's that going to get turned on? Huh? When's that going to get turned on? But mind you, if I were, if I were using 5% 15 years ago, I'm using another 5 now. No, I am, really. Huh? Because he enlightens me, and he enlightens you. But anyway, getting back to this, the concept that poor old Simon Peter did not understand. Now you remember, this is what Simon Peter's done already. So Jesus is saying, this is what I've got to do. I've got to go to Jerusalem. I'm go I'm, the chief priests are going to take me. The elders are going to take me. I'm going to be stoned and I'm going to die. I'll be crucified, put on a cross, and then three days later I'm going to be risen from the dead. This is what he says. And you remember Simon Peter goes, no, 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 Jesus. And he rebukes him and says, no, this cannot happen. You remember that? You see, this is Peter's mind struggling with this concept of life coming from death. He just doesn't get it. He goes, no, you've got life. Why not just carry on? You've got life. And Jesus is going, no, no, I want to tell you what's going to happen when I, get, when I finally give it all up. I'll tell you what happens when you give it all up. The power comes more, do you understand me? The power comes more when you give it up. When you go, goodbye selfishness. Hello, Jesus. Goodbye, selfishness. Something happens because the power that you get as you give yourself up. 
to Jesus is phenomenal. You see, everyone's waiting for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, but the, the, the Holy Spirit's been poured out 2,000 years ago. There's no lack of the Holy Ghost, is there? You understand me? The only problem is selfishness, because selfishness destroys everything. Selfishness is only for itself. And everything that is bad hides in selfishness. If you unturn that stone, everything is there. Envy, anger, everything that you could name bitterness is under that stone. So as you give yourself up, what happens? God goes, I'm going to turn that stone and we're going to put to death those things. That's what happens. And the power of God, as you give up, the power of God comes into you and you begin to feel it. More and more. And of course, Peter had a struggle with this thing. And then, he, he, so, so Peter tells him, uh, it's not going to happen. And Jesus rebuked him and said, get behind me. You're an offence to me. What is offensive to God? What's offensive to him? A mind that does not understand that life comes from death. That's what's offensive to him. A mind that is full of itself. That's what's offensive to him. So... So, so we can't say that he don't get offended. He, he obviously does get offended because he was offended. And he rebuked Peter and he said, no, Peter, you're wrong. You're going to see something extremely beautiful. So then, uh, Simon Peter again tells him that he's going to die willingly. He's going to give up his life for him. We, we read about it a couple of weeks ago, three weeks ago. He's going to give up his life for him. And Jesus says to him, no, Peter, I'm telling you the truth. You will deny me three times before the cock crows. You remember? You remember that whole thing? And then Jesus meets him afterwards and heals his memories. We talked about that. He heals his memories and said, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Three times to overcome those memories that had sat in his mind. Huh? He healed him and got him ready for the mission. Beautiful. So, we're nearly there, kids. Just keep in. So... There's something going on with Simon Peter. He understands the concept in the sense of mentally understands. One day he's going to die. Give up. He, 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 that'll be it. And then he'll rise to resurrection at some point. But then, here, now they're taking Jesus. And, and, and Simon Peter gets out his sword. And of course, this is a sword of the flesh. This is not the sword of the spirit. This is the sword of the flesh. He's so incensed by what's happening to Jesus that he draws his sword and he hacks off the ear of the high priest. He cannot grasp that the more that Jesus dies, the more of the very essence of God is released into the environment. He can't grasp it. He just cannot understand it. But Jesus is going, no, no. You've got to allow this because for this very thing that I came. You see, he was fully charged. He was giving up his life and the more that he gave up his life, the more life was about to enter into every environment. It was going to shake places that had never been shaken. You understand me? It's like his power had to get outside of him, but in order for it to get out of him, he had to give it up. And he knew that he had to give it up. So anyway, there he does. He lops off. He lops off his ear. And I, I, I just put here, the sword of Simon Peter was carrying was carried in the flesh. It was a sword that was amputating and maiming. A sword that hacked off the ear, which is used to hear. It was one of those swords. And I thought about this. I thought maybe many people have been hurt by a sword that's in the flesh. It's not actually the spirit. And I, I thought to myself, Lord, I, I, I ask forgiveness of anyone. You see, I, I realize, and many times I lament, and, 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 and the guys and girls that know me afterwards, they know that I, I lament slightly. Because sometimes after a meeting, I feel upset with myself because I've gone for it. And I know some of you are sat there putting helmets on, some of you are taking cover. Do you understand me? And I lament. And I, I, I said it to, to Nigel one time, and he said, Paul, what a beautiful word. But I realize that you hear this in the way that you hear it. And the way that you all hear it is different. You understand me? But the only thing that I can tell you is this. 
that I know that some people have heard and keep hearing this message and it brings forth life. That's all I know. I know that it brings forth transformation. I know that it brings forth new things, transforming things. That's what I know about this word. Sometimes I'm upset about the way that I bring it, but in the end, and maybe years ago, I did hurt some people. If you're, if you're one of those people, I am so sorry if I have hurt you with a sword of the flesh. But, but I know, I know that most of the time I carry the sword of the Spirit, and I know that it goes where it's meant to go, even though it's a little bit painful. But, but, but Simon Peter, he just didn't like this concept of life coming from death. You, you understand me? And a lot of us don't like this concept. And as you go into this new year, you have got to get to grips with this concept. This life is not about you. It's not. It's about Jesus and it's about everybody else. And if you will give yourself up, you will find his life comes so that you can give yourself to others. But it won't come any other way. And it won't come any other way at the church either because we are followers of Jesus. We are made in his own image. We are going to be like he is. We'll never be him, but we will be like he is. And the whole of creation is waiting for us to be revealed. Do you understand that? Because the more that you give yourself up, the more power and energy, the more of the molecules and the, the atoms and the, 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 the life around you begins to change. Do you understand me? Because it's in you. But the more you give up, the more the power is there. And I even believe it gets stored. In you. Do you understand me? I, be, I believe there's a time coming where, where, where we're going to see some incredible changes. I mean, really incredible. Because you see, when Jesus died, things began to happen that were phenomenal all around. New relationships, new, new things going on in the environment, new jobs, new mission, new everything. Everything were new. Why? Because Jesus gave up his life fully. Now, can you imagine the more that we give up our lives for him, give ourselves to him, the more we give ourselves to one another in love. In love. Not in anything else, but in love. Then the more power is going to flow. It's a beautiful thing, isn't it? You see, I don't think, I don't think there is any quick ways to understand this power. I don't. And this is what... Philippians 3, verse 9 to 14. I, w I was talking to Derek, and Derek, you know, I, I, I've been with Derek for 30 years, probably. And I have seen most, some of the most phenomenal things ever. I have seen God move in ways that are just incredible. Literally, I have. Like, like in the Hebrides revival and the Welsh revival, I've seen people clinging to the outside of buildings because they thought they were going to die. Really. I've seen all those kind of things. And I've seen men who somehow something has happened with their lives and they've sold away their birthright. They've given it away. They've sold it for a bowl of porridge because they were all part of it. They all had the same DNA. They all had this seed inside them, this seed of sonship. They all had it. But because it wasn't pleasing people, because it didn't smell right or look right or feel right, they sold themselves for a bowl of porridge. Honestly, we ain't going to do that. I will never do that. Lord, help me. Please, Jesus, help me. Because this life transforms us. This is what Paul said. Philippians 3, 9 to 14, he says, And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already attained or already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus also laid hold of me. 
Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to the things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. You give yourself up. Give yourself up. Because when you give yourself up, the fellowship of the sufferings and being conformed to his death, it just happens. Do you understand me? As you give yourself up, stop thinking about the heavy words that you can't face. Think about giving yourself up to him. This year, give yourself up in a whole new way to him that you might know him. In the end, it's all about Jesus. We want to know him. Don't you want to know him? No, I mean really know him. It's it's one thing listening to the word. It's one thing singing about songs about him. But don't you want to know him? He wants to speak to you. He wants to talk to you. He wants to have fellowship with you. And yes, a lot of the fellowship, you find it in the sufferings. You do. But it wasn't theology that he was talking. It was practice that he was talking here. Practice. Jesus had to attach the ear to the head again. Maybe our ears need attaching in a fresh way. You know, maybe you have been hurt by a legalistic sword in the past. But you've just got to come to Jesus and go, Jesus, I want to hear your voice. I want to hear. I, I, I want to not only hear your voice, but I want to be able to bring your voice. I want to carry that voice. I want that voice in me to be able to bring it to others. So, this is my prayer as we move forward. This is my prayer. There is going to be new things that go on, I'm sure. New breakthroughs all over. I'm going to see that. But remember that new life comes from death. And it's not the death of sorrow or regret. But the death of self, self, selfishness and self. Sorrow and regret has to die too. You understand me? It has to die. Anything that is dead and dying will be finished and brought to an end. Programs that have been kept alive for the sake of the cells will die. Things that have been created and said but carry no life will die. It'll just die off and we have to be afraid of any of it. you just got to go, no, I'm embracing life. Everything that has life, transforming life, that's God. Everything that has transforming life, reproducing life, is God. Nothing else. Nothing else. Listen to me. Nothing else. Don't matter how good it sounds. Nothing else is Jesus unless it transforms you and it reproduces within you. Otherwise, it's not him. And in the end, we just want to be like that nun. Don't we? I want to be like her. I do, honestly. There were loads of poignant moments in that film. But she gave everything just to be with that stag who, to her, represented Jesus. It was somewhere up in the Hebrides, or I can't remember, but it was beautiful. So, let's just stand together and let us just simply we're nearly at the beginning of 2020. Wow. That's amazing, isn't it? Let's just lift our hands to Jesus and give ourselves up to him again. Father, in the end, I can teach it, I can preach it, I can desire to live it, And try to live it, Lord. But there's only you, Father, who can do it in us. And we want to give ourselves to you, Lord. We want to give ourselves up to you, Father. And in thus doing, Lord, we want to submit ourselves to you. Lord, we don't know what 2020 holds for us, Lord. But we know as your sons that it's going to be wonderful, Lord. And that you are the great redeemer who redeems all things and you make all things new. 
That's what we know, Lord. And as we lift our hands to you, Jesus, we are expecting, Lord, that you would give us the ability to do anything for you, Lord. We want to do for you, Lord, what you would want us to do, Lord. The desires of your heart, Father. We want to give ourselves to you, Lord, afresh and anew, Lord. We just take this moment right now, Lord. We do also just pray, Lord, that if anyone's had their ear hacked off, Lord, if I, Father, or any preacher, pastor, or minister, Father, has carried the sword of the flesh, Father, and hacked off the ears of your precious children, Father, then I say that I am sorry, Father. I repent and I say that I am sorry, Father. I would not want anyone to not hear your voice, Lord, and not know your call, Lord. So, Father, I ask, Lord, that if anyone is hurting from that, Father, that you would heal, that you would attach that ear again, that they might hear in the right way, Lord, and see again, Father. And we thank you, Lord, that you were raising us up as sons. And this whole world belongs to us, Lord. You said, Lord, it belongs to us. And we are not giving it up, Lord, nor any of those that are in it, Lord. We are not giving it up, Lord, that none should perish, Lord. That is why you gave your life, Lord, that none should perish and that we should all be made into the image of Jesus, the Son of God. Father, we want to thank you so much, Lord. We thank you, Father, for your goodness and your love. And we pray for our children as well, Lord, and our children's children, Lord. We pray the same for them, Father. It's daunting, Lord, for us to think what we are running into, what we are moving on to, Father. But we lift them to you, Jesus, and we entrust our children and our children's children into your care, Lord, into your arms, Lord. We trust you, Father. We trust you, Lord. We give them to you, Lord. We give them up as well, Lord, to you, Lord. Come on. Some of you need to do that. Some of you need to give up your children, your sons and your daughters to him. Come on, you need to do it and begin to trust him. He's going to take all the pain, all the hurt. He's going to take it. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, we love you. We love you and we bless you, Lord. We thank you so much. Thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Bless you. Thank you.